This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Time to talk basketball with uh, former Tall Black Breaker basketball commentator, part of the Hoopheads team here on SENZ Wednesday nights from nine to ten as well. It is Casey Frank. Good morning, Casey. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me this morning, Ricardo. Hey, mate. Any time, any time. Let's talk sales NBL round eight. Uh, and you know uh, how much I love a dog, mate, an underdog. Uh, great to see the Manawatu Jets going on a bit of a run. They uh, got up over the Rams on the road and then got up over the Sharks on the road. Man, that's a that's a tough road trip for a team like the Jets to go and get two Ws on. Uh, really impressive uh, outing by them. And, and not only is it this road double, it was last weekend's road double as well. So this is four on the trot for a team that many, uh, including myself, picked to be at the bottom of the barrel. And they are playing extremely well right now. They found a style that has slowed down the pace. They're being really patient with the ball. And they're using John Bohan and their import as sort of a point forward, a la Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Uh, and he's really facilitating well from that center position, rebounding at the same time. Uh, their imports are carrying the offensive load, but they're getting timely contributions. And it's really great to see a team uh, that was expected not to really be a competitor right there in the mix for the finals. Yeah, fantastic to see them uh, doing what they're doing, mate. But on the, on the flip side of that, and it's something we've talked about on Hoopheads, uh, the two teams who have dominated uh, the Cells NBL over the last 10 or 12 years, the Wellington Saints and the Southland Sharks, are the bottom two teams in the comp. Uh, what do you think is going on? I know the Saints started without all their imports uh, to start with, but, man, they have uh, lost two again this weekend, and they, they look like a team that fades in the second half of games. They led against the Bulls, and I think they led against the Giants as well going into the half, but ended up getting well beaten by, uh, by the Bulls yesterday. And, and pipped by the Giants on Friday. Yeah, this is uh, the other half of parity. <laughs> when, when those wins for the bottom half of the table got to come from somewhere, and they're coming from uh, two of the, cha- the, the competition stalwarts over the last few years. Uh, you look at the Wellington Saints, and, and I, I see what they were doing when they were putting their roster together. They have a really versatile roster with uh, big forwards who can play sort of bigger than their position or smaller, and Xavier Cooks, Jordan Nantai, Thane Samuel and Tom Vodanovich, but unfortunately that's caused mismatches defensively, and on the defensive end, it just has not been good enough. Uh, In the half court, they are really struggling to contain penetration. Uh, I think import Mike Smith has struggled against some of the import level guards, and conversely to that poor defense, they're just being very careless with the basketball. They're they're turning the ball over in spurts. I think yesterday's game against uh, the Franklin Bulls, I believe it was a 38-point turnaround. They were up 17. They end up losing by 19 or up 19, end up losing by 17, something like that. But, you know, that that kind of difference in the game, it really has to do with turnovers. You have a lead like that. If you take care of the basketball and just do your job the rest of the way, you'll be okay. 
but unfortunately their hot early shooting was matched late by Corey Webster, who's just been on a tear since he's come back to the competition uh, last week. Yeah, so the Saints are three and seven. Uh, the only team worse than them is the Southland Sharks, who I also mentioned to have uh, been dominant. They are two and eight, but they've, they've gone through some adversity. The Southland Sharks, and you know, uh, you got to thoughts got to be with their coach, who's uh, had a horrific run of luck, hasn't he? Uh, it's really unfortunate for the Sharks. I, I think. Uh, uh, on top of the fact that maybe uh, they needed uh, a little bit more out of the point guard position this year, which they've sort of struggled to have that team facilitate. But the, but the truth of the matter is they've just been devastated by COVID. They've had multiple runs of that go through the team, uh, taking out the coaching staff at different times. And, of course, the story that's emerged uh, publicly that I think uh, people around the basketball team knew a few weeks ago that, you know, Rod Beveridge had gone home uh, just for a, a, fa- a family outing. His daughter was celebrating her, his, her 21st, so he had went back to Australia uh, to celebrate that, caught COVID on the trip in isolation, and fall off, fell off a six-meter roof. And I laugh because it's, it's just so shocking. Uh, but he, somehow he was able to survive that, but will be gone for the rest of the season. And this is one of our game's you know, mo- most competent strategic minds. And to lose him is really going to lose one of the quivers or one of the arrows in the quiver that the Sharks needed to try and pull out of this. You know, you look at where they're at now. No Gadon coming Poto for another week. Just really trying to bring in an important Deshaun Knight to mix things up and get things going quickly. But it looks like it's even if they can make a run from here, chances are it's going to be too little, too late. Yeah, I mean, as Andrew Wheeler at one point, who's a you know veteran player for them, has been there what nine nine seasons, I think. He he had to take the coaching reins at some point. Is he still involved in the coaching setup with with Rob? No longer with the team this season. Yeah, so coach, uh, the assistant coach, uh, Leighton Haddleton, has taken over the reins uh, as Rob Beveridge continues to, to try and heal up. But, uh, yeah, in that one game, both coaches had COVID. So Andrew Wheeler uh, took, took off the plane strip, put on the coaching uniform. Now, Andrew Wheeler's still playing, but I'm sure he has uh, something to do with the coaching staff as well. Uh, he coaches uh, one of the premier junior pre- programs in, in the Invercargill area as well for Southland. Uh, so, so he's definitely in the coaching ranks. But, you know, at the time, they need all hands on deck on the playing squad as well. So it's a bit of double duty for Andrew Wheeler, I think, from here on out. Yeah, now let's talk about one of the uh, the good news stories uh, from the Sales NBL this season, Casey, and that is the Franklin Bulls. We just mentioned them. I mean, I, I was on here yesterday afternoon, had the game on in the studio, so I didn't have comms on, but I was I was looking up at the score. And, man, you talked about the turnaround in that game. That turnaround was was epic. Uh, they're not a high-scoring team, but defensively they, they seem to get it done. How impressed have you been with what the Bulls have managed to do so far this season? Yeah, early I was really impressed just by the way they had sort of changed their style. They, they'd become a, a much slower team, more deliberate, and more physical in the half court to try and prove uh, a sieve-like defense from the season before. And, th- and that's had its effect. They were, they were playing solid defense. A lot of it was based on pace. So they weren't playing fast. Teams were scoring under 80, but so were they. They had trouble scoring. Uh, they just weren't able to get over that hump scoring-wise. Well, enter Corey Webster, and all of a sudden things open up just a little bit. Uh, he is just really scoring the basketball well, but I think what's uh, probably opened up a few eyes is, is the way he's facilitating and putting in a, a probably a greater level of effort at the defensive end. Uh, he seems to have a, you know, had a little bit of a mindset change to his attitude towards the NBL, and he's locked into it. He's really giving back to the game, giving back to the youngsters on that young Franklin Bulls squad, and together with the leadership of Leon Henry, combined with some of the youth and strength and size of the likes of Anzac Rosetto, uh, Kane Bennett-Kyle, uh, these guys are playing very well. And that was without a start, a couple of starters yesterday as well for the Bulls. You know? So two starters still to come back into the mix in the next few weeks. 
and they will be looking to make a strong run home uh, based on the back of their defensive abilities and Corey Webster's uh, facilitating them scoring. Mm. I mean, they've just brought in an import for the first time as well because up until, what, last week, week before, uh, they were the only all-Kiwi squad in, in the comp. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with that because he has been brought in to make up for the loss of Denham Brook and for Jaden Bazant, who's away with the 3x3 uh, national team in France. I'm not 100% sure if he's going to be able to come back uh, once those players are back, but I believe he is. So they try the Al-Kiwi route, and I'll tell you what, it's a tough way to go. (laughs) You need a little bit of import talent occasionally. Uh, And they've brought in a guy who's got the ability to score, take some pressure off of Corey Webster on the perimeter and Jaden Bazant when they come back. And so they'll have a more of a three-headed guard lineup if they do keep him, and that will make them much more of an offensive force. A team that's been tough to pick this season, mate, has been the Canterbury Rams. Uh, I mean, they, they, they are in a playoff position, uh, in the last playoff position. They've won five, lost five. Uh, and they've got an interesting uh, run this weekend. They're away at the Sharks and then away at, I think, the Nuggets as well. So it's that uh, uh, that deep south run. Um, how do you think they're going to go? And what do you what, what's going on with the Rams this season? They're playing really inconsistent basketball. Uh, at times, physical and locked in, shooting the ball well. Uh, at other times, just really lackadaisical, uh, not looking like they're on the same page and a lack of fortitude defensively. So uh, that inconsistency is something that the coaching staff and the players really have to come correct because they're sitting there at 5-5. Five and five, But I, do, I still feel that they're play- the kind of basketball they're playing is going to give the teams like the Saints a chance to sort of pop up. The Taranaki Airs, they're sort of uh, uh, chasing that sixth spot right now to give them time to grab it. So I think they're going to have to find a a way to score better in the half court and stay out of foul trouble, keep care of the ball. Uh, A lot of the same things that are uh, getting on top of these other teams in the losses is that it's a level of consistency that's needed from them. And no better way to get consistency than two wins in a weekend on the road. That would be huge for them. They absolutely have to beat Southland. But if they really have aspirations of uh, proving themselves and staying solidified in that top six, they're going to have to win both. Now, uh, Hawks Bay have have been on a great run of late, um, but we did see on the weekend uh, the Nuggets get up over the Tuatara, and it it does feel like uh, those two teams are definitely going to be in the finals mix. Uh, A good win for the Nuggets on the road against the Tuatara. How did they get past the Twin Towers, mate? How was it done? Well, they brought in an import uh, to replace to Jerry McCall, who's uh, gone off to chase his NBA dream and NBA Summer League. and They got, they got in Trey Boyd, uh, who, uh, a lefty who played fantastically right off the plane and has really actually picked up and ran with the ball a little bit further than where McCall left. He's as good defensively, I think a, a little bit more locked in offensively. Uh, so that really helps them. And, you know, they came and with the combination of Todd Withers shooting the ball from outside and Sam McKinnon playing tough physical defense inside. They did a really nice job of limiting opportunities in Chris Johnson's last game. Rob Lowe and Chris Johnson just weren't able to get it done down the stretch. A few too many turnovers uh, for the Tuatara, who also look like a team that are maybe sliding in the wrong direction with the departure of Chris Johnson. Uh, Dan Fotu injured now possibly for the remainder of the season. So losing two starter quality players, uh, they've got some decisions to make on if they can try and bring another import, if they've got enough as it is, because uh, that game in the, against the Nuggets showed that other teams are on equal footing with them now. After you lose that kind of talent, uh, lose that loss, the Hawks are tied with them on wins, and Otago's just behind with the team really eyeing that top two spot because you get a bye in that first round of the finals. Where's Chris Johnson gone? 
So he's gone off to play in the basketball tournament in the States that's uh, run on ESPN. It's a huge tournament with a million-dollar prize pack. Uh, he's, he's played that in the last few years, and so he, that was uh, one of his commitments before he uh, signed his contract here, very similar to last season where the, the Huskies had him for part of the year, and then he went off to do that. There is some hope that if, uh, depending on if the Tuatar get into the finals, that he'll be able to come back for that, but that remains to be seen as of now. But with a guy like that, if you can get him for a few games, yeah, you better do it because he is talented and helped take him to the top of the ladder in the time he was here. Now, speaking of guys that are uh, off to the States, uh, Hugo Besson and Usman Ding are uh, both over there for the NBA draft this Friday. What chance those these guys get drafted, and what does it mean for the breakers if they do? Well, Usman Ding is a lock. Uh, He's been invited to the green room, so he's going to be there on the night of the draft. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him, you know, when the Breakers came and signed him. He was looking like a late first-round prospect. Well, three inches of growth and a late-season surge uh, in the LGFDL has seen him absolutely fly up draft boards. He hasn't had to work out. He hasn't gone through the pre-draft process. And the word is that he's got a promise in the late lottery. But a lot of the talent evaluators don't think he's going to last that long. It's looking quite likely he could be a top-ten pick. Uh, wow. You're looking at 8, 9, 10 for him. Uh, and I would be really surprised if he goes past Oklahoma City at 12, who loves that kind of length and athleticism. So he is almost guaranteed to be a lottery pick this year, which is a great result for the Breakers. Uh, uh, for Hugo Besson, a, a good prospect, but not as highly rated. There are some teams that seem to think he might be on the fringe of the, the, the early second round up there in that 32 range. Uh, out, outside of that, I think uh, it's pr- pretty widely uh, thought that he maybe just isn't quite the right player for the NBA. His uh, lack of sort of defensive ability uh, is probably going to keep him out of the draft, if not late in the second round. But if he does get drafted, it's because of that shooting ability. He has a, a real a chance to shoot the ball, be a beast of a combo guard as a handler as well. Uh, regardless of that, he, he, I think uh, the second part of your question, what does it mean for the breakers? Well, it's fantastic in a lot of ways. If, if they do send guys to the NBA draft, there is a financial reward uh, because of the way the contracts are worked out. I'm not privy to the specifics, but there is uh, our buyout clauses for players that are under contract to go to the NBA. And we've already seen the Breakers sign another top-level French prospect who possibly looks even more talented than Osman Dang. So they're continuing to not only refill their coffers off the court in the bank, but also on the court with talent. And that's a fantastic thing if they continue to get this long time going. We're just looking to have it contribute to winning a little sooner rather than later. Yeah, oh, that's awesome, man. That's, uh, that's great news for the club. It'll make it easier for them to attract talent here, I, re- I, I suppose. I mean, if we, if we have these sort of results with these guys at the draft, then uh, there'll be players from, from around the world looking, going, well, here's an opportunity for us to, to showcase our talents and, and look what's happened. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. As good as the Aussie competition is and as great a landing spot as the Breakers are, uh, every basketball player wants to play in the NBA. And if uh, top-level players see that they can come here, they can have good seasons, they can contribute to a a good club environment, a winning environment, and then to have that club help them reach their aspirations, that really is the best of both worlds and could see a pipeline of talent really just funneled to the Breakers for the near future. Good stuff, Case. Thanks very much for coming on today, bro. Uh, go well, and I'll catch up with you Wednesday night for Hoopheads, eh? It sounds like a plan. Appreciate the time, Ricardo.
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.